The Detroit Pistons hired their new coach, Monty Williams, giving him a long-term big money deal to lock him in. They now head into the draft with the number five and number 31 overall picks in this year's draft. How will Monty Williams, if any way, change their draft plans? We're going to talk about it right after this. Welcome to the number one place for your daily basketball news and analysis, NBA Central. What's going on, NBA fans? Welcome to another episode of NBA Central. We're continuing our draft uh, profiles, and we're at number five pick with the Detroit Pistons. They hold the number five and number 31 picks. And really, when you look at the Detroit Pistons roster, for one, there's a lot of talent on this roster. I like the Detroit Pistons' young core. I've liked their young core for a while, and they have the number five pick, even though disappointing, right? I know that they hope to have a higher pick than that. They have the number five pick, and they're coming into now this season with yeah, I mean, well, this draft, I should say, hoping to get another great talent. And even though they did get a number five, which is I know where not not they where they did not want to be, um, there's still quite a bit of talent that they can get to add to this roster with a lot of upside and some high ceilings as well when you really look at it. And so when you're at looking to add to Jaden and Ivy, um, Kay Cunningham, uh, James Wiseman down there, Jalen Duran, who I still love Jalen Duran as a pro as a project. You, you they have a couple of, of positions that you think are going to be you know handled for the for the while. So in attacking this, I really want to look at who offers some upside for the Detroit Pistons at positions of need. Right, that's kind of my my methodology behind it. At least with the number five overall pick, we're getting a little crazy with the number thirty one pick. But the first pick that I'm going to go to with number five is a player that I actually talked about yesterday. And that is what for the Houston Rockets, and that is Cameron Whitmore. Cam Whitmore out of uh, Villanova, like 6'7", 230 pounds. This dude, again, amazing athlete. He's a powerhouse. He knows how to just get it done, and he has shooting ability, right? The fact that he can handle the ball the way that he can, the fact that he can shoot an open three pr- pretty solidly, the fact that he also has an NBA-ready athleticism, and an NBA-ready frame on top of that, he's not one of those players that you're going to have to worry about coming in and needing to take a year or so to really fill out that frame. He's going to probably refine, build some lean muscle on top of that, right? But he's coming in ready to go. He can pass. Um, he, he he has a nice set of combo moves that he's used to get uh, op- get out in the open court and get open, um, and he has a nice shot for mid-range. He's a capable three-point shooter, not a, lock, a knockdown three-point shooter by any stretch, but he's a very capable three-point shooter. And when you look at the guards that he would be joining with the Detroit Pistons, and Jalen Duren, Marvin Bagley, you know, James Wiseman, if they hold on to all three of those players, like what he can offer at that as that combo forward that he can play either the small ball, uh, I'm sorry, small forward, or he can play power forward. And when you look at coming in behind Bogdanovich, he can really maybe learn and, and learn some things from that veteran presence as well from somebody who's not the most athletic player but has a similar as far as shot profile to Cam Whitmore. He can learn how to get that off. And with the added athleticism of Cam Whitmore, Listen, he can be a monster for the Detroit Pistons. I love it. I love how he gets out in transition. He excels in that. Some of the biggest issues with him is that he, he's not the biggest playmaker. And I said that on yesterday's episode for the Houston Rockets. But when you look at the guards that he'd be joining with this team, you're not looking for him to, to, to be a point forward. You're looking for him to just come in, do what he does well, play solid defense, be uh, that energy guy, score the ball, hit some open threes, break people down in the mid-range, and get out in transition. And with that said, he's really good. He, he's a great rebounder as well, but you're not going to get a lot of playmaking for him, right? He's not going to be that playmaking 3-4 combo for you. You're not going to probably turn him into a point forward more than likely. But again, a great thing, and he doesn't have the highest basketball IQ, right? Which is something that I said yesterday as well. But again, 
considering he's guard, he's joining a team with guards and a really good head coach. I love Monty Williams as a head coach. I really like Ken Whitmore here for the Detroit Pistons. Next up is Jerace Walker. This guy, uh, 6'8", 235 pounds, 7'2", wingspan. This is a guy who just is a strong monster. He projects he can play four for you. He can play small ball five for you in some cases. In some uh, cases, now this would mean possibly that you're not <laughs> you're looking to maybe move on from Mar- Marvin Bagley long term, or he can come in and be the backup. Right? You're not necessarily always going to get a starter, but I think at number five you want to get that. But Jarese Walker, I think he can turn into a starter at the NBA. He's a versatile forward who can play multiple positions. He can guard multiple positions up and down the lineup as well. He's a really good rim protector on top of that. And then when you look at especially coming from weak side, that weak side defense, he understands how to use that wingspin in that as well. Um, so, and him going to the basket, if you catch him on a pick, and, a pick and roll and he's driving to the basket, listen, I tell you what, that big frame, it's gonna, it's, he's, and his wingspan, he's going to still find a way to score. He needs to show some improvement on the offensive side of the ball, but I think he's shown enough raw skill there to where you can refine that. You don't want to rely on him to be a scorer right out the gate. But what he, what he can do for you in transition, what he can do for you in rim protection right away, is something that, can, that really stands out. And he's quick. At his size, how quick he is and how quick he can get off the floor is going to make him tough to defend. But again, he's not really a, stretch to, uh, a threat to stretch the floor at all, but he can be a nice big for you. Um, that, that can do things. And his jump shot, while not great, right? If you look at the release, um, if you look at the motions on it, you can see possibly him turning into that and, and using it as a as a solid mid-range game for him as well. Um, now, some of the issues with him, he's not the quickest laterally. While he is agile and stuff on the offensive side of the ball, on defense, he's not. he doesn't have the quickest lateral movement. So that's why I don't really have him slated to play any three. I know some people, and I've seen some mocks that say maybe he can play three at the next level. To me, it's more of a four and small ball five just because that lateral quickness and how he with more agile uh, uh, ball handlers, he doesn't really do a good job. He get he he's barbecue chicken sometimes in a case like that. So you want to look, you want to watch out for that. See if you can finish, uh, if you can you know develop that part of his game as well. Now, while he can get to the rim, sometimes his finishing isn't the best. Sometimes he doesn't finish through contact the best way. But again, I think with his with his body and the control and the agility that he has, he'll learn that if he can add some quickness um, to that jump shot and work on that release a little bit. I think he can develop into a pretty nice, um, a pretty nice uh, forward that can shoot a mid-range shot. I don't know too much about the three, right? He's a 30% career th- uh, three-point shooter, taking that at 1.8 three-pointers per game. So there's not a huge sample size there either. But just looking at the mechanics and everything, doesn't seem like it's going to be he's going to turn into a three-point threat. But I can definitely see him turning into a mid-range threat at the next level. All right, so that's kind of the options at number five. There's two options there. Of course, they can go. There's the other Thompson brother. They can go a lot of different places there. But those are kind of the ones I look at, and I really like their fit there with the Detroit Pistons. Next up, options at number 31. And this first one, Julian Strother out of Gonzaga, 6'7", 205 pounds, 6'9", wingspan. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, this dude is an athletic monster, and he has an ability to simply score the basketball. That's it. Uh, at any, at almost any level, he is going to be able to score the rock. And when you're looking at a a guard or a wing that could come off the bench for you, right? Because he can play shooting guard, he can play small forward. I don't necessarily think he, looking at his frame, he's going to be add be able to add to that to play a four. But when you look at bringing somebody off the wing, off the bench that can just be a scorer and a distributor for you, Julian Strother is that. 
this guy, especially at 31, if he falls there, he could go at the end of the first round. But if the Detroit Pistons who who pick first in the second round, if Strother's there on the board, I think you can do a lot worse than drafting the guy, like I said, who has that scoring ability. He's going to be able to come off the bench and be your score. If you need scoring off the bench, and this is why he may go at the end of the first round, Julian Strother is that guy who can come in. He, that's it. He's a born scorer. And he's not – his defense, of course, is a weakness for him, but I wouldn't say that it's something that he can't learn to be better. He's an active defender. He's not one of those players who does not try on the defensive side of the ball. He just has not been the best at man-on-man, one-on-one defense. Team defense, pretty solid in team defense. So if you have a good defensive uh, – a team defensive scheme, I think he can be pretty good in that for you with his length and things like that. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who – I don't know if he's going to end up being starter level. I don't know that. But I guarantee if you pick him at number 31, Julian Strother is a guy who projects to be a career bench, a high-level bench scorer. And I don't mean that as a negative. I think sometimes we look and say, hey, what do you mean you're projecting him to be a bench scorer? I just think that this guy, if you need a lead scorer off the bench, he's going to be able to come in, do that for you. And like I said, he's not bad at distributing the ball either. But if you just need a score and you have some other pieces off the bench, I really like Julian Strother there. Now, the next one up, and the last player we're going to cover today, Andre Jackson Jr., 6'6 guard, slash a small uh, shooting guard, slash small forward out of UConn. This guy is just a playmaker. Kind of the, not I don't want to say the opposite of a Julian Strother, is that he, but Andre uh, Jackson here is, he is, if you need a lead guard off the bench, meaning that somebody who can, who can run the offense, distribute the ball, get you out in transition, run that transition, run that fast break, and you have players that like to get out in transition and a young team that likes to get out in transition, he's going to utilize your bigs extremely well. I like him for that sense. If you run a more run-style offense, he's the perfect player for you. Again, a really nice uh, player, uh, uh, defender, and transition uh, scorer for you. Uh, He can get out on the break. He's going to lead that break. He's going to run your offense very well. He's solid and active defensively. He can finish around the rim himself, too. And really, that's the biggest concern with Andre Jackson is as much as he can can handle the ball, as much as he can distribute, as much as he's a great decision maker, high basketball IQ on top of that, he seems to be a reluctant scorer. It just seems like his confidence is not there on the offensive side of the ball. And that may be the biggest concern and why he'd fall into the second round. I'm saying right here, right now, Andre Jackson Jr., if he was a more capable scorer, I would even say more. he averaged like six points per game in his career. If he even was a threat to get 10 to 12 off the bench for you, I would say he'd, he'd be in the first round for sure. But I think because of the, the hesitation there to score some, he's going to go into that second round. And I think you, you, especially if you're coming in and you can work on his shot, his release, his shot looks good. He's done a lot of work on his shot in the last year. And I really like the, the, the motion on it. And he showed an increased ability as well to take threes on the break and so he took two and a half attempts on that per game which is a, a lot for a player that's reluctant to score and he hit those at a pretty decent 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 uh rate the percentage wasn't amazing but again when you look at like when he's in rhythm stuff like that this is a guy who absolutely can be a, a high rotational wing for you that can lead your break that can um that can get everyone in the best position run your offense as a as a maybe a point forward as the small forward position and a defender, right? And that's what you can, when you're looking in the second round, if you can get a specialist that can do those type of things, you take him every time. So at 31, I would not mind at all Andre Jackson Jr. there for the Detroit Pistons. 
But that's it for this episode. Let me know what you guys think. You think of any other prospects that could fit the Pistons a little bit better? Do you agree with these prospects? Did anyone kind of stand out to you that wasn't on your radar before? Let all that off down below in the comment section. Make sure you're following the show at NBA Central Pod on every social media platform. You can also follow my Bulls channel if you are a Bulls fan, and that's uh, Chicago Bulls Central or Bulls Central Pod on social media, whichever one place you're looking for us at. But that's it. Thank you for joining for another episode of NBA Central, and I'll see you guys the next time I feel like making a video prior to tomorrow. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Community.